0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We're talking wide receivers today, Crocs Insights. Uh, After going back over this game and, and what we saw with the wide receivers on the field in the first preseason game, if we think that things are figured out here with the final wide receiver group heading into camp and uh, are some of the things happening to camp is it just camp hype is it too small of a sample size to take anything from these things or can we really learn from what we're seeing what we're hearing in practices and in these pre-season games at Peacock on twitter at eric underscore crocker hit us with uh, whatever you got any questions any thoughts about what we're talking about here i love hearing feedback and i love you guys getting in on the conversations and we can help hopefully add some context. I mean, that's what it's all about, right, Croc? Adding context to the conversation and what's going on and try to be as unbiased as possible as 49ers fans about what's going on with this football team, right?
1: Right, yeah. You know, just give a different insight and different uh, perspective, I would say, and kind of, like you said, add context to exactly what's going on. And I I really like for us to be like the calm to the fans, right? Because, you know, the root word to fan is fanatic. And sometimes, you know, fans can get a little riled up, as as can I, as can you. But we try to be that calming voice and bring a little bit of perspective to exactly what's going on.
0: And unless it's what helmets the guys are wearing on the field, Croc is going to be pretty calm about things. And he's going to tell it right yeah. down the middle.
1: I, I got to tell them about it and and make a big deal about it on Twitter and hope that they see it. And I always talk about how these athletes, they're, they're just like you and I. So it's not like they go on Twitter and don't see these things as being said about them. Like, they they see it. They might not respond. There, there are a lot that will, but there, there's some that just won't respond, but they'll see it. <laughs> and Crocker will legitimately contact them and tell them, hey, you got to change your
0: face mask, dude. And they do it I sometimes. Told,
1: I told DJ Reed, I said, DJ Reed, this is terrible. And DJ Reed was like, I'm not changing it. Sure enough, man, he got a whole new swag now. Now he's clean. And I've talked to him about that because I had him on my uh YouTube channel. Uh I, I got to I interviewed him and we brought that up. And and he thought that was a funny moment. But uh Juwan Jennings, we'll see. Trey Lance. Oh, trust me, like, and I'll talk to you about it. I was like, man, it was kind of like that guy on Happy Gilmore. That every time Gilmore went to putt, he was like jackass. He kept <laughs> popping up out of nowhere with the jackass, and that was me on Trey Lance's That's like comments. Or when people mentioned him, I, I oh yeah, I was in there. Change your face mask every time.
0: <laughs> and now the latest is Juwan Jennings, right? You're trying to do work there and try to get him out of the Revo into the shut, maybe, or just a different Revo. Is that what we're talking about?
1: So, so he wears the regular Revo Speed, which is terrible. And I wore it, but I like had to wear it one time. When you're in the NFL, you have like limitless options of what type of helmet, face mask, visors that you want to wear. So he has no excuse to wear this other than the fact that he wore this when he was in college. And now I'm going to make it my duty to tell him, change your face mask, bro. Like It is terrible.
0: It's not affecting his play on the field. Looking good so far in first preseason action and in training camp. Without a preseason last year, we didn't really know what to think of Jawan Jennings. I do want to talk really quick about one offensive lineman. We brought him up a lot on the show this week. Did not have a great debut in his first preseason game. That's second-round guard Aaron Banks. He was playing with the second team, uh, had you know bad PFF grades, and we sort of joked about it, you know, 0.0 pass blocking grade. He must not have had a single good rep in the game last week. That's not really the case. Talked a little bit with Brett Rumbeck today on Twitter about it. And I just want to talk a little bit about those PFF grades. And again, it's context here. What's going on with the PFF grades? What it means for Aaron Banks? What we've seen from him on the field. First of all, I think just our scouting eyes, Croc. he looked in his first preseason game. And it sounds like by all training camp reports, our scouting report was right. Like that. What we saw in Aaron Banks is what we've seen from him, so I think that's what he's going to be. He's not going to be a fleet-footed Shanahan-style offensive lineman, which makes which just seems weird for them to. Spin. As we
1: were told to, we, the, that's yeah. what we were told, though. we're like, wait a minute, dude, yeah. like we can see the film. We were <laughs> that's told otherwise. What we see
0: he was like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really pass the smell test. So I don't know why they liked him so much as a top fifty pick. It seemed like not the the greatest fit, um, and we're kind of seeing that right now. And it's not a done deal. He's one preseason game into his career, and that's sort of the point I want to bring up today really quick here is just the small sample that we're dealing with right now you can't take any huge sweeping takeaways from any of these players we've seen rookies playing in their first preseason game and there's PFF grades and he got a 0.0 and and what does that even mean and because pro football focus again like any stat this is a really small sample so PFF the way they grade just to to clarify what's going on with a 0.0 grade I don't know all of the inner workings of pro football focus and exactly how the grades are done but it used to be when you would see a pro football focus grade, before they started doing the, the the whole numbers thing, they were doing plus minuses. And they still do plus minus behind the scenes when they do the grading, but they convert it at the end to a number so it looks sort of like a Madden rating is sort of the idea. So it's just easier for people to comprehend what it is. Okay, you're 65, you got a, you know, a 72 or whatever, uh, you got a 0.0 pass blocking grade. But again, this is a small- Which,
1: by the way, someone did show he had one legit, Pass blocking rep.
0: Right, yeah. So that was Brett. And that was sort of the conversation of this. And that's why I wanted to bring some light onto what we're talking about here because he got that 0.0. That doesn't mean that he lost every single rep. It just means that his bad reps, his good reps didn't make up for his bad reps, essentially. And the way pro football focus grades is they have a plus minus system for every play. So they grade every single play of every single game. So let's say Aaron Banks had 10 pass blocking snaps in that game. Uh, the It's it's 0.5 increments. So you can have a zero. You can have a plus five. It's a you know, pretty good play. You can have a minus five. It, minus 0.5 if it's a bad play. If it's an awful play or a really spectacular play, then it can be a plus two or a minus two. That's as high as the scale goes per play. So let's say if Aaron Banks, out of 10 snaps, had two minus two plays, which it doesn't get much worse than getting instantly beat and giving up a strip sack. Right? Like that's the worst thing you can do as an offensive lineman. Get your quarterback hit. Cause... Uh, a fumble, cause a turnover potentially and just get beat badly. So that was a bad play. So let's say he had and just for, I'm not saying this is what his grade was, but let's say he had two minus two snaps out of those 10. Well, now he's in a negative four hole for his grade for the game. It would take all the rest of his eight pass blocking snaps to get a plus five on every plus 0.5, excuse me, on every single one of them, just to get back to even. So he doesn't have to lose every rep to have a bad grade. And again, this is a small sample. So just... A few really bad plays can skew a grade in a small sample like this. And it's not always predictive. That doesn't mean he's gonna be this forever. For a perfect example is Patrick Sertan, who had a pick six. What if Patrick Sertan through his through an entire season had a pick six on every 10 coverage reps that he had, right? It would be an insane year. You know, he's not gonna keep up that pace. It's a small sample. He had a Really big play, and he played well in his other snaps, so he had a really high grade. Aaron Banks had a bunch of really bad snaps, generally did not play good, so it's like, okay, if you don't like that it says 0.0 next to his name, at least understand that, yeah, he didn't play very well. And I think everyone knows, watching Aaron Banks, he didn't play good, but just you know, some context needed there for what PFF is doing with grades, and you can't just look at the grade and say... He is this and he's this forever now just because he had a bad grade, which is buoyed by a few bad plays in one preseason game. you got to let the sample grow and see what kind of player he's going to be. And above all, trust your eyes. Don't go by any of the stats. Trust your eyes. And that goes for all the rookie quarterbacks as well.
1: Yeah, so I have a couple of things too. One, it had. It, I think the grading is actually a little bit harder on offense alignment and probably defense alignment as well because yes. as opposed to like a cornerback, because cornerbacks – they only, which I don't like this way that they do it, but the corners only get graded when they're thrown at. They don't they don't grade cornerbacks really away from the ball, right? So I, the way I view it and I'm watching the game, like I watch all 70 reps and I try to look at how they do. Mm-hmm. But PFF is more of just when you're targeted. But when you're an offensive lineman, there's a rep every play that you're involved in and they have just more to grade. So that's already tougher on offensive linemen or even defensive linemen. But I think the toughest thing with Banks, and I saw some people, I don't want to say they were sneak dissing, but I saw a few people, and, you know, in our caption we had, is Aaron Banks a bust? And we actually never used those words on the actual podcast. But I saw some people like, oh, it's too early to say he's a bust. It's too early to say this and that. Like, I can't believe people are throwing that out there. My thing is you and I had this certain perception of him when he was drafted. And the tough thing is, for us, is everything that we thought he was, he has shown to kind of be that early, small sample size. But the things that we thought, like, no, he's probably going to struggle with this. He struggles with movement. Like, yeah, he's good if something's right in front of him, but he doesn't move well. All the things that it seemed like Kyle Shanahan covered in his offensive lineman, he's the complete opposite. And it's like, oh, well, he's struggling now. Well, uh, of course. So when I look at him as, like, I don't want to call him a bust, but the fact that I would have taken – 100% would have taken – Uh, either Asante Samuel or Terrace Marshall over him. And then now, like, I'm just – I'm doubling down on that. Because it's like, man, like, that's why I thought pre or, you know, around draft time, this is what I'm thinking. Now you hear the struggles, you see him struggle, and it's like, well, uh, of course. So I'm not – I don't want to call him a bust because, I mean, come on now. Like you said, a small sample size, but it's – in my opinion, I don't know how much better he's gonna get because this is just who he is.
0: Right. Yeah. And so there's some confirmation bias too because then you you kind of look for what you think about a player first. So if a fan really loves, you know, and fans always love their draft picks and love their players, so they're looking for the good and everything. And then if you or I are looking at a player, and we're like, ah, I don't know if he's got the foot quickness. Then he gets beat by speed, and you're like, Oh, see, he's he's got it there. So there's there's always going to be some confirmation bias on this too. So we need the sample to grow. Trust your eyes. Trust what you see out there on the football field and. Um, in the end, we'll find out at a later date what kind of player he is, but essentially like, look, uh, use it use it as a tool, like whatever it is, PFF, whatever stats it is, if you see a player it's like, oh man, he he didn't look like he played very well you look at the PFF stats, it's like, yeah, they said he didn't look very well either, I don't care what the exact number is, but, you know, and, and I like PFF for a lot of other reasons, because they're grading every play and they're charting every single play so you, and, and actually the details of that right here, from uh, m- my friends down at PFF, so they had him allowing one sack and three hurries in 18 pass blocking snaps. Those are the exact uh, stats they had Aaron Banks for in that preseason game. The sack he got blown right by and it ended up being a strip sack right before the half. And then one of the other three pressures was graded very poorly as he got beat right off the bat again. But Lance got the ball, got rid of the ball so quickly, it was just graded as a hurry because of how quickly the quarterback got away. So that's the other context because you can get beat by if you're a cornerback you can get beat you can get saved by a bad throw you can get saved by a quarterback not seeing it you can get saved by the safety coming over the top and helping you out um when you are a offensive lineman the quarterback can do you solid and get rid of the ball quickly and it doesn't look as bad and you're not going to be on the highlight shows giving up a strip sack so there's a lot of context involved with all of this stuff which is why you have to trust your eyes let's talk wide receivers Croc. yeah all right RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com okay croc We've talked some about the plays we saw in the preseason game, Trent Shurfield and Juwan Jennings. I don't know if you have any more details going back and watching these guys, if there's just any scouting notes or any specific things you saw. The more I watch that 80-yard bomb from Trey Lance to Trent Shurfield, the more excited I get about Trent Shurfield, because everything about that route was awesome. You got to see the way he sold the route when he sold the corner, then came across with the, the deep post, the way he fought through and, and kept his depth running the route initially and just the speed too like he's the total package like I don't this guy looks awesome I love Trent Sherfield so much
1: <laughs> yeah I mean you know they're calling him uh, baby Antonio Brown which he's like a jumbo size version yeah. but it's like dude what can this dude not do and I, I again I'm like you I don't want to get too caught up in training camp hype preseason hype, but it is exciting to see all the reports that are coming out. Everybody was talking about how much he was killing it. And then right off the bat, with Trey Lance in there, they dial up a deep shot to him. So clearly Kyle Shanahan has faith that this guy can beat coverages with his speed and he has the ability to really take it the distance. And I looked at a picture of it, right? When he caught the ball and you see his muscles all popping out and everything. But I look in the background and who do I see? Kyle Shanahan. Not even showing any real emotion, just like, of course. Exactly. Like, I dialed this up. Exactly I know how I dialed it do. up,
0: of course. And Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. too, in the same photo. Super excited about yeah. the play, by the way.
1: Yeah, so you see Jimmy's super excited. Look at Kyle Shanahan, and he's just like, he's walking like the other way, kind of with his head back, looking like, yeah, I know. I already know what time it is. But <laughs> I think one of the things that was really exciting to see was, what does it look like when a rep isn't perfect? Because that corner had heavy outside leverage and got hands on him, really good. And he was able to fight through that contact, And like you said, still get to kind of his depth, still push outside and then come back and really have the speed to cross two guys face and, and get open. I think those are the things that you really want to see now, obviously like again with him, small, sample size. I don't even know if he played after that, but just to see a receiver 49ers have a guy with that type of ability, because you want to see the 49ers stretch the field more and throughout practice, especially with Trey Lance out there, They've been doing that, and, and, and that's exciting, and that's the element of the game that Trey Lance brings. But not just him, guys like Trent Sherfield, and why I think this guy can—I think he might be a lock to make this roster. Oh,
0: he's a—he's a locky lock. He's the—he's the third lockiest wide receiver, I think, behind Debo and Ayuk, <laughs> even more so than you know. Uh, of course, Jalen Hurd with his injuries, more so than Sanu because Sanu's a veteran. Do they want to guarantee his salary? Do they try to cut him and bring him back after Week One? Um, even more so than Jawan Jennings, anybody. So absolutely. Trent Shurfield is on the roster and he's good on special teams. So he'll be wearing a uniform every single week, which means he'll have an opportunity to play and get on the field as a third or fourth wide receiver too, because you know, he'll be suited up.
1: Right. And and, and I would like to see him more in the inter, intermediate game. Now, again, I haven't been at training camp practices, so I, I don't know what it looks like. It sounds like he's been winning in that area as well, but I, I would like to see it. So hopefully against the Chargers, we get to see him a little bit more extensive, get a more extensive look at him and see all areas that he can win i want to see can he catch the quick slant working out of the slot or do they primarily play him on the outside more and how does he win there can he use his speed as a vertical threat and sit routes down and then catch those balls from trey lance where he's firing those deep outs that you know Richie james dropped and we'll get into him in a little bit but how much of an all-around receiver is he and do the 49ers have not just two legit receivers and the young guys but do they have a legit wide receiver three and i've always felt like in this offense the wide receiver three isn't like a big time priority because they run you know a lot of two uh 21 personnel you also mm-hmm. has george Kittle, so he's a big time option really your number one option how like what does it look like if you have a legit third option which to me it was never that big of a deal but now if you kind of look into it with this guy I don't know. There, there, there just might be something. I think it just kind of opens up the field for everyone else around them.
0: Yep. Some downspills. Especially
1: if you have Trey Lance at quarterback. Now with Jimmy, everything's condensed anyways. Right. But, but if you have Trey Lance, now you can spread it out a little bit more.
0: And a great career move on Trent Tr- Sherfield's part to develop that connection with the guy who's going to be the next quarterback for the next 10 years for the 49ers, you know, <laughs> to get that next contract for Sherfield Because I think he's just on a one-year like vet minimum deal right now. So he might want to make sure he gets that contract for the future because he can be somebody to work in there as a number three. And if you're, Trey Lance, and you develop a rapport with this guy, and he's got a little bit of a different skill set than some of the other wide receivers on the roster. That bodes well for him to get on the field. And Trey Lance would be like, "Dude, can we get Trent on the field so we can drop some of these bombs on fools?" With you know, Ayuk on the other side, and maybe put Debo in the slot. That's the way I envision the offense going. That's why I keep talking about having a guy who's got some speed that can win on the outside like that. So maybe Sherfield's that guy. So maybe Shanahan will start looking for those types of wide receivers a little bit more with a bigger armed quarterback that can push the ball down the field like Trey Lance. Um, let's see. Uh, how about, so are you worried about the drops? We've seen some drop, like apparently Richie James can't catch football all camp long. He's going to lose his dang job because he can't catch the ball. And he did it again, uh, on Saturday in the game. Ayuk dropped a pass in that game. Part of it, I think is, and I think part of why the DBs dropped the interceptable passes too, is Trey Lance throws it hard. Like, does Trey Lance need to find the change up a little bit and and sort of uh, not just throw the fastball all day? Is that part of it, too?
1: Well, I mean, possibly. But when you have a big arm, the ball just jumps out of your hand. And guys are going to have to deal with that. I mean, is Josh Allen not throwing those piss miss- missiles? Like, dude's throwing those <laughs> like hard as hell. Uh, what was it? Brett Favre was like breaking fingers. And I don't yep. think Trey Lance is throwing it that hard. But the ball's going to jump on them. Maybe they have to get a little bit more used to it. I I don't know. Hey, play catch with him after practice. Do something. But you have to catch the ball. That's rule number one as a receiver. And I will say one thing. Like Richie James, whatever's going on with him, I think there's a a, a psychological thing going on there. If you start to kind of, if you start thinking about catching the ball, you're going to get in a little bit of trouble. Mm -hmm. And there was one route over the middle where I thought, depends on what type of receiver you have, he's making that catch. So it looked like Trey Lance fired it over. A mi- I mean, he fired a missile over the middle. And Richie James kind of like short-armed it a little bit. And I think he dropped it. But I always look at him like, man, if that's a guy, like he brings that in. And there are times where you got to make your quarterback look good. So the quarterback try to make you look good, fire the yeah. out route. You got a chance to keep your feet inbounds. You drop the ball. Now he fires it over the middle, and you drop that one as well or miss it, however you want to kind of chalk that up. Not a good look for him. But the one I'm a little bit more worried about, which I haven't seen this be like a huge issue. But Brandon Ayuk, he he has good hands. But I remember dropping a couple passes last year, and one specifically against, uh, who was it? Was it Buffalo? Where he tried to, he, he went kind of low, and he just like dropped it and the ball popped in the air, then they intercepted it.
0: Yeah, he sort and of scooped I it up at, in the air.
1: Yeah, and I I look at plays like that, and I look at the one that just happened. I'm like, man, like, he does have a tendency to just have, like, a weird moment. And I hope that that's not something that's consistent. I hope so, too. Hopefully it was just – and I I know what it was. I know what it was with that last one where Trey Lance threw it because he had kind of, like, two, like one guy kind of, like, trailing him. He had one guy kind of behind him. But there was another guy that was underneath, and I think when he went to catch the ball – he had a vision on the guy underneath that was kind of coming towards him who ended up kind of going behind him but I think that took his concentration for a second so as he's watching the ball and you can see it, he turns his head he he doesn't watch the ball all the way in he turns his head to see where that guy is who ended up flying by him and that was how he dropped the ball so I'm not overly worried but we got to get that concentration right
0: I'm not worried at all about Ayuk's hands he's got pretty natural hands and yeah so and it actually just speeds up the process too so there's and that's sort of the one thing I am worried about with with Ayuk uh, is more contested catch situations. I want to see him use that length yeah. and get the ball up in the air because there was another catch he made last year where he scooped it off his shoe tops, which was like it was an amazing catch. True. He's got those long arms, uh, and I think from what I've seen from him in training camp, he is doing a better job of going up to get the ball and use that length because he should play above six feet, even though he's only like five eleven and a half or something like that. He should play to you know six two because he's got these long arms and he should be able to go up and pluck the ball out of the air. But he wasn't really good in those contested catch situations are going up to get the ball in college, and I think that's definitely one of the things that he can utilize to get to the next level is just some ball skills and some contested catch situations and getting the ball above his head, going up to get the ball, and I think that'll just make him a much better downfield wide receiver, and obviously with Trey Lance at quarterback, the 49ers can be a much better downfield passing team.
1: Yeah, well, right now, it seems like he's going to need downfield separation, but a guy that does catch contested passes downfield, and we've seen it in training camp so far, Trent Sherfield. <laughs> Trent Sherfield. I don't know, man. I'm not wide saying he's a wide receiver one. one. Let's again. Go. I, I know people are going to be like, oh, man, they're just hyping Trent Sherfield up on locked on 49ers, but he's doing a lot of things very well. And I mean, like he's putting it out there. Like he's putting that film out there. So it's hard not to get excited. And again, not saying he's a wide receiver one or two or anything like that. But when you start looking at what you need that third receiver to be, which is really a fourth option, right now, I think. He's, he's, in, he's, in an, he's an ideal guy in an ideal situation.
0: Okay, i got some more questions for you here when it comes to 49ers wide receivers. Who could make the team? How this could look at the position in 2021 next? You want in on the action? Well, you can get some at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. BetOnline even has awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can bet on table games, poker, blackjack, real-time, Updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And, oh, yeah, back to the sports. NFL props, futures, offensive, defensive rookies of the year, Super Bowl champions, win totals, Major League Baseball, all summer long, we've got any number of other things you can get in on, the action at betonline.ag. Just remember to tell them that Locked On sent you the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports, and it's free to sign up, just go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We talked a little bit about plucking the ball out of the air. I like that from Jennings, too. He had a couple of scripts. You don't see a guy who's 6'3, 220, 230? How big about is he? He's 215. I he looks even bigger than that. He, he's a large dude at wide receiver. And you don't see those guys getting screen passes thrown away very often and especially turn them into 12-yard gains like like Jawan Jennings was. So the unique ability with his sort of power-running style, being able to break tackles. I remember there was one play at Tennessee when I was watching him where at the end of the play – it was like a, it was like an old Tech Mobile scene where there was just a bunch of dudes on the ground. Like he had just been through a street fight and just beat up a bunch of dudes in the alley on his way to the other side of the alley. And he's got some good feet for his size, but maybe more impressively was that ball over the middle where he just plucked it really nice and easily, really naturally right out of the air over the top of his head and kept in stride. I love seeing that.
1: Didn't break stride, and that's one thing I, I look for. When you're running over the middle, there are a lot of guys that would leap to catch that, He never left his feet. He even Trent Shurfield. uh, Gosh, we keep bringing Trent Shurfield up. But on that deep ball, I felt like, I felt like Trey Lance hit him in stride. Like you didn't have to jump forward or anything, but some guys like feel like I have to secure this catch. And you watch Juwan Jennings on that bang eight that he ran over the middle. He just reached up, boom, plucked out the air, kept moving. It was all one fluid motion. And I think that's where he's going to be able to like that. That's what he's going to be. He's not a speed guy. But he has to learn how to play at like, what's the max speed that he can play at. And I think he does a good job of playing at that and not slowing down at any point throughout his routes.
0: Does the emergence of Jawan Jennings, if the 49ers believe in him, Trent Sherfield's a lock, could they go into the season with only five wide receivers and dress Debo, Ayuk, Sherfield, and Jennings as the four guys they dress on game day at wide receiver and not keep Mohamed Sanu? Because they're kind of all fighting, and, and Jalen Hurd, they're all fighting for that sort of big slot role, right? And right now, the lead has to go to Juwan Jennings just because he's cheap and they drafted him even over Mohamed Sanu, even though there's been great reports of Sanu in camp, and I can't wait to see what he looks like this year because apparently he looks like a completely different player than he did last year due to some injuries.
1: Yeah, I, I think with, with Sanu, he definitely brings a level of security you know what you're going to get with him and like I said best you know shape of his life you know we always hear that every offseason with with guys but seems like he's doing a good job but is that going to be good enough especially when the 49ers have so many young targets and I I think that there has to be an extra guy I feel like there has to be that return man And, and I get it people want uh Brandon Ayuk back there on punt returns. I, I don't think that's going to be something where he's just back there every single time. I definitely think he'll get some returns, especially in key moments, depending on the situation. But they need to keep an extra guy. And that's where Richie James, you're kind of figuratively and dropping the ball in that situation. Like his return game wasn't very good. I thought it was very average, even in the preseason game. He's dropping balls, playing receivers. So you don't bring that aspect of it. And then you have uh, Travis Benjamin that they were trying to get opportunities. And I didn't see anything from him one day. They targeted him like four or five times. Yeah, Every pass was incomplete. And then he's supposed to be a speedster when I think it was Josh Rosen threw that deep post to him. Initially, it it looked like he really had a chance to outrun the defender and he just couldn't do it. Then the defender, who I want to say was DeAndre Baker, who's not a speedster, was able to stay on top of him. Shouldn't happen if you're that speed guy which Travis Benjamin is supposed to be, so I think I'm out on him. But there was one other guy.
0: Austin Watkins think, is hurt, and he's not a return type of guy anyway, so I think he'll end up going no. on. Uh, actually, he's already reverted to injured reserve looking at that right now. Yeah, so foot fracture. Austin Watkins Jr. reverts back to 49ers injured reserve after going unclaimed through waivers. Uh, the only other name I think that has a legitimate shot right now, Kevin White was already cut this off season before the preseason game. Simba Webster, he's got a lot of heat Simba right Webster. now, Crock.
1: You, you know, and I you know, I always preach and talk about taking advantage of the opportunity. And he had opportunity to return and it looked good. And then they gave him the ball in space on uh like a fly sweep or that ghost motion, boom, and I mean he once he hit that crease, he shot through there. I'm like, man, is he's going to take it to the house. He showed some juice in the pass-catching game. I want to say they targeted him twice, and he caught both passes. So that that's taking advantage of the opportunity that's at hand, doing whatever you can to try to really make this roster. And I really feel like, ideally, they want someone that can be their punt returner, that can be their kick returner, and not have to have a guy like I do it every time he goes back there. And really, I mean, shoot, if it's not Nasimba Webster or uh, – Richie James or Travis Benjamin, like who is it going to be? I know everybody calls for Ambry Thomas, but they haven't even given him an opportunity to do it. So I don't think they're looking for him to be that guy.
0: I think we'll see that in the next game. If they start letting some more people try to return kicks, that they're trying to only carry five wide receivers, and they might not carry that and let Ayuk. And first of all, I want to see Ayuk return a punt and see what that even looks like. They got to let him do that at least once in the preseason, I would assume. I wonder if things would have gone differently health-wise. I wonder if Tavon Austin could have been that guy this year. He's in Jacksonville now, and he has looked pretty good, according to reports there. Um, I still... And who knows? Maybe he doesn't make the team and gets waived. The 49ers could try to bring him back. I feel like there's an opportunity somewhere, because... There's too many veteran players that have returned kicks that could provide that value, sort of like the ha-ha Clinton Dix version of a wide receiver and a kicker-turner type of guy, kind of like what Travis Benjamin was, but maybe someone a little bit younger. I feel like there's an opportunity for the 49ers to even bring on somebody who's not currently on the roster either before the preseason games are done or after the final cuts, final 53, bring somebody else back to be that guy. So I'm not even sold completely that the sixth wide receiver for the 49ers in 2021 is currently on the roster.
1: Now, you also talked about the 49ers keeping five guys potentially. What five guys right. are those?
0: So are for the five would be, and the, and I actually tweeted this out before the first preseason game, and it hasn't changed at all. And in fact, it was more solidified after that. I think the likelihood right now is if they kept five, it would be Debo, Ayuk, Sherfield, Sanu, and Jennings. But there's, unless Ayuk is returning punts, they've got to have – another kick returner there unless they can figure out the kick returner game um you need a punt return a kick returner, and you could only do punts anyways and not be doing kickoffs so you'd have to have another player that's doing kickoffs i think Sherfield's done a little bit of that maybe but he's mostly been a, a coverage guy I he think, did on special teams.
1: i feel like i remember him being back there in the arizona yes
0: I-, I thought so too i thought he had a big return against the 49ers actually i remember him flashing in a game that i watched and i thought it was against the 49ers maybe it was against somebody else but we've got to see some of those guys do it in in some of these preseason games. So that's something to look out for for sure going forward. And Simba Webster, like if I had to, if I had to break camp right now with fifty three and keep six wide receivers, I think Webster might be the sixth. Although Mark. I didn't like. I, I did not like the way he went after that punt and let it bounce right at his feet. Like, you just can't do that either. So you can't be... One thing you can't be doing as a punt returner is fumbling the ball. Whoever it is has to just catch it. I don't care. I don't care if it's Richie James and he gets one yard per punt return. Catch the ball and don't fumble it.
1: That's a tough spot to be in. I've I've been back there. I've returned with some punts in college. And that that one that's kind of... And this was a kickoff return. so that's even different. Like, you have to feel that a punt, it can bounce in. You know, I can say, Peter, Peter, Peter. Everybody get away. But a kick... When you get caught in that gray area, because, I mean, they're on the goal line, and that punt, I mean, that kick landed on, like, dang near the 20. So it was really hard because if you sprint up into it, you might actually sprint and catch the ball and run into somebody. And you're trying to time out the balance and everything. And I've been in those situations where that one is a little tricky to field. Like It's not like they just kicked it deep and he just dropped it. You know, it was like a a tricky kind of uh, pooch kick that they did there. I have. I
0: fully believe, and look, because of how you're built, it might be extremely difficult to do something in in the trenches and hold up against a pass rush, right, or uh, to try to run block a nose tackle. Those are very difficult things. But, man, I think fielding a punt has got to be one of the toughest things in the NFL to do, and that's why we see roster spots given to one guy who just can catch a punt. He can't even return that great. He just can field a punt, run under it, catch it and not drop the ball, not muff the darn thing. And it's such an important skill to have. So the 49ers are definitely going to have one player that does that. Is it going to be a team effort? Is it going to be just one strict wide receiver that does it? Is Ayuk going to get that job? There's battles to be won in these next two preseason games, Croc. And I'm all about it. I'm excited for that sixth wide receiver spot. I'm I'm excited for roster spot one through 53. And that's why I do a podcast about the 49ers every single day.
1: Yeah, and I looked up the numbers for Trent Sherfield. One return in this time with Arizona, 15 yards, and it was it was. I, I don't even know if it was a kickoff return. I don't. I don't even know if it was intended to to actually go to him. Oh right, 15 yeah. yard return. That's a little weird there. But one interesting thing, he recovered three fumbles last year. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think where he makes his money or where he has with Arizona is being a special teams gunner. Coverage I think guy, yeah. coming in, that was going to be what his niche was with the 49ers.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And he's working, I think he's earning a little bit more. So we'll see if that continues for Trent Shurfield, the rest of the 49ers, wide receivers, Crock and I will be back tomorrow to preview Sunday's preseason game against the Los Angeles Chargers right here. Locked on 49ers.